Hey everybody, this is PT. Welcome to the PT Podcast. This is October 8th, 2021. This is episode 11, guys. Wow. We've been doing this for 11 weeks. 11 Yay. weeks. I know, it's pretty cool. I'd like to thank uh, Crossroads Community Church for bringing this to you. We're here at the uh, podcast studio here at Crossroads Community Church. And I'm here with my buddies, my podcasting partners, the bald beauty himself, the the gift card guru, Steve Howard. What's up, Steve? Hey, how y'all doing, guys? <laughs> That's a little inside joke, folks. Gift card. One of these times, you're going to call me and, uh, and talk to me about gift cards, and I'm, I'll tell you a nice little story. Anyways, you know me, love him, the only one. Todd Irishman Bergen uh, is with me, too. How are you doing, Todd? Oh, I'm doing great. You're doing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at you right now. It doesn't yeah. look like you're doing great. What happened to your head? You drank a little bit too much last night, yeah. did you? Yeah, too much drinking. <laughs> actually doing a little, you Bounce know, off I, the toilet bowl there? <laughs> well, no, I started out, I was trying to tell people about Jesus. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. my. Yeah. 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 Right. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. And you never, you should never run through a field that's dark that you can't see obstacles. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Because you could trip what over. What was you could chasing trip over you? Nothing. I was chasing it. But, yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, if the, if the audience could only see me now. Yeah. Here, here's, the, here's the story, guys. You don't ever want to drive into the parking lot of Crossroads Community Church at night with your volume way up and then decide that you're going to pull out because Todd <laughs> is going to chase your butt down <laughs> in slippers and a Grinch pajama bottom. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and then it doesn't matter if he trips, falls, and cuts his eye. He's going to come up to your door, knock on it, and be like, what the heck are you doing in the, in the church parking lot? <laughs> yeah, that Who lady, was in the church parking lot? Some lady. She meant to go to the next-door neighbor, but she drive, she drove down our driveway, and she kind of <laughs> sat back here where the container was, and I was like, well, what the heck's going on? So I went running out there, and then next thing I know it, I saw her pulling into the next drive because she was coming out of ours and going to the next, and I was like, oh, well, I'll just dodge between the two buildings here. Not that I looked to see if there was any obstacles. I just started bolting. Next thing you know what? My slippers didn't grab on the piece of log that I stepped on, and <laughs> boom, I went down and kissed another log. <laughs> oh, my. So about that time, apparently, my eye was gashed pretty good. Oh, yeah. It was just pouring down my face. You're lucky he changed Ow. his shirt this morning because he had he had a shirt, and it was all bloody and all that oh stuff. His, yeah, it was fun. It's good. Time. Well, I'm good. glad you're okay. Now the story that we're we're telling today, this is just between us. Obviously, we're we're just telling it between us four. But w- when we get out in public, we're going to tell him that Kim hit the hit the snot out of him. Like, yeah. He didn't cook dinner right or something yep. like that. And we're, we're trying to set me, the standard. You know. Yeah. She told me to get the dinner on the table, and she wanted it there at five oh five. Oh my like, goodness! It was six after, and oh I said, "Look, just just give me a second here." Serves you right, dude. She, I know. She hit you with the pan. Then some. Oh my! Yeah, yeah. You should have heard her. She's like, "You stupid mother!" <laughs> yeah, she did. Yeah, you, you better get that on the table now, mother farm. That's right. Golly, Holy that was specifically horns. for Steve's mom right there. That's right. And I didn't actually say any word, Carolyn. I didn't. I didn't. I know. I heard him. Yeah. No, I actually heard the. I heard. Well, we heard it on the other side of the mic of the beep. Yeah. The yeah, we. You were, you were talking about a farmer. Yeah, I was talking about Mother Farmer and Mother Francis. Scotty goes, you pastor. You know, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. So you, you are a pastor. I know. That's why it's funny. You oh, are a pastor. Oh, makes sense. Oh, 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 oh. Or Melon Farmer, as Goldberg's <laughs> All right. Say. <laughs> you Melon Farmer. Goldfarb. <laughs> 
Anyways, okay, I digress. No, no kidding. Joining us again, you probably already heard her on the microphone. Uh, she's an Yay. expert on the subject material today, and she is my mama. I love my mama, and I, I think mama. you guys already know that. I, I want, want, want to play the I love my mama very much. That's right. Now you know that. <laughs> what did mama now say? Now you know that. What did mama say? Mama, mama said, mama, mama said, my mama said, mama said that. My mama, mama said that. My mama, my mama said that. My mama yeah. said that. I have plenty of those all day long. All right. All right. Expert on the second, Dr. Carla Lech. Thank you for being here today. Appreciate you very much. Yeah, she's awesome. Thank you for letting me be here. Live studio audience. We will no longer refer yes. to you as Dr. Carla Lech, though. We're going to refer to you as Dr. Mom. Okay. Dr. Mom. Dr. Mom. Yep, because I can't do Carla Lech very often. It just doesn't feel right. All right, so uh, we're approaching the holidays really fast. We have come up uh, a lot coming up as far as the holiday events. Uh, number one is my birthday was was in September. I'm just Yay. going to keep on throwing no, this that's out right. there. September yeah. was yeah. your yeah. birthday. September was my birthday. Yeah, that's I got awesome. you a cool present. You did. You got me a great <laughs> present. Yes, and just kind of kept giving too. I, I know. Just, I, I mean, I got you something, I came to and your then there's more party. that came. Yeah, yeah. I, got yeah. You I mean, card. before before the birthday, you got oh, me something. Right. Yeah, yeah before <laughs> the birthday. In fact, good times. I remember that you got me like the the ice tray. With the with the with the globes, yes. for, yeah, and then you got me uh, this. Uh, uh, I mean, you got me wonderful m- bourbon, book, yeah, bourbon, yeah, beautiful bottle mm. of bourbon. Mm. Oh, it's oh great. And then so that was before. That was beforehand. And wow. then he gets me a smoker thing that that sucks the the, the wood chip thing oh, and wow. brings smoke into it. Smokes hey, the let's bourbon. Let's not forget about the Potter. Uh, the, oh, that's right. I got a a DVD, Blu-ray of the Potter. <laughs> I need you to go shopping with me so you can help me get him. Oh, look at that. What? What? How long have we been friends, Steve? I <laughs> I messed up. I messed up. I forgot. Oh, whatever, dude. I'm giving you a Actually, hard time. I ran out of time. Uh, but I, I know those birthdays, they just keep coming around every year. It's weird. Do. I was there for his birthday. Oh, do not. Party. Do. Oh, do not. Do or not. <laughs> Anyways, all right. So let's, I'm digressing. I'm giving Steve a hard time in the podcast because I can. Mm-hmm. We've been we've been together friends for how how long, Many Steve? Many moons. Since that song came out, for sure. We've lived friends? friends. Friends are friends forever. Oh, my gosh. It's a lot of them. I think Tim was 13 the first time that y'all met. At yep. least, yeah. That was uh, that was years ago. So, um, it was a few years ago. It was, 90, it was 30 years ago, bro. 190, 30 years ago. Somewhere around in there. You were still 40. You were still 40. Anyway, so we've, we've got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, let me talk to you about holiday events that are coming up. First of all, October 29th at 10 a.m., we will be broadcasting a live PT podcast. Um, our subject matter is going to be angels, demons, ghosts, and the supernatural. We'll be having prizes and gifts for that particular episode. So you want to call in. You don't want to miss the podcast that day. October 29th at 10 a.m. We'll give you all the instructions that you need to win prizes for that day. And then we also have our All Church Family Meal November 21st at 11 a.m. That's November 21st, Sunday at 11 a.m. Everybody can come in. We're going to be having a, 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 what, what, a smorgasbord. Smorgasbord, a cornucopia of wonderment of food. I I know for Mm. a fact chocolate lasagna will be in the house. Chocolate lasagna? Yes, chocolate lasagna. Oh, Um, where is that? When? It's November 21st at 11 a.m. 
Look at your I notes. I will be there. It'll it'll be you. You're all welcome as long as you 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 got me a gift card for my birthday. All right, so I that's will, always. <laughs> By then, I surely will have one. I'm just kidding. That's always a, a great time with family and friends. And just come on to Crossroads Community Church and enjoy family meal that day. It's a, I mean, it's always a huge spread. Always too much to eat. That's why I'm telling you to come on out and have a great time with us. And then November, uh, December, excuse me, December. Um, November, oh God, I can't stop saying November. I must be missing a birthday in November. I know that Dr. Mom, Dr. Mom, Dr. Mom, Dr. Mom, November 17th. It's her birthday. It's her birthday. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right on. She's a birthday twin with Tiffany Beck. Um, Tiffany Beck, if you're listening, which we're going to find out if Tiffany Beck is actually listening to this podcast. Right, because we won't well, say nothing. Not yeah, right we're not going to say anything to her. And if she doesn't say anything, I'm going to get on to her like I'm getting on to Steve about the gift card event. All right, so December 9th through the 12th will be our she annual your party. December 9th through the 12th will be our annual Mobile Santa time. If you've never seen or been a part of Mobile Santa, here's your opportunity this year. Because of a virus that is going to remain nameless because I hate it so much, uh, we'll be doing things a little bit different this year. This year, we're going to be doing three nights at the church property, which is 20465 North Highway 69, Lindale, Texas, 75771. Once again, that's 20465 North Highway 69, Lindale, Texas, 75771. We're going to simultaneously be having a drive-through live nativity and a life of Jesus. And it's, it's going to be incredible. It's going to be excellent. So December 9th through 11th, beginning at 7 p.m., we'll open up the free drive-through and the mobile Santa there at the property. Then December 12th, mobile Santa will be on the move for the first time since 2019. We're going to be going to local businesses that businesses that sponsor this year's nativity and mobile Santa. Uh, and it's going to be a great time. We're, we're going to do everything we can uh, to be precautionary, to help you guys feel safe. Um, you know, everybody has different ways of viewing this thing. We're going to be talking about that in November, actually, about the, um, the, the pandemic, quote unquote, and some other things that are going on. But I just would like to let you guys know that we are going to operate in love because that's what we believe is commanded. That's what the Bible says to do. And uh, we're going to do everything we can to love and serve our community in that capacity. So please come out, have a great time with us. It's going to be fun. All right. So we got a lot of stuff talking about today. And obviously we like getting into messes. Um, Mm -hmm. Number one podcast right now is cussing. Wow. And I'm still getting feedback on the cussing. In fact, there are a lot of people that are enjoying the harder topics because you don't get to talk about those things very often in churches. I wonder why people disregard harder subjects in churches. Is it because they like more people in the seats? Always about the butts and seats. I don't know if it's always about oh, that. Oh, come on. Yeah, I don't think it's always about that. But I would say that I think it's because it's not fun and it produces conflict. And sometimes, um, you know, people don't like to be around that. Um, I, I would. I'm not saying that I like to be around it, but I think we suffer because... We're not answering the harder questions. And today is absolutely no different. In this neck of the woods, I think it's probably a little bit more prominent. Maybe not always, but um, I know that um, when Dr. Mom, uh, we had talked about it before the podcast, you were saying that in, even in Indiana, you you were subject to, you, you thought that there was some subjection to the, the, the sex, um, the, the, the male versus female roles in the, in the church. And that's what we're talking about today, whether or not females belong in ministry or leadership in the church. And so to start the conversation going, let's uh, get into a couple foundational scriptures for today. I'm going to read um, <laughs> some not popular, well, it's popular for men who want to usurp 
and 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 uh, Lord control over people. Um, when you read this out of context, it sounds like Paul is going to try to um, uh, tell women that they have no place in the church. Um, and I'm we'll get to all of our opinions in just a little bit. But let me read these things first to foundation us uh, in our conversation. First Timothy two. Verse 1 through 18. First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. I want you to notice the command there first. Prayers, intercession, and thanksgivings be made for all people. All people. What does that mean? All people, right? Not just a couple, not just males, but all people. For kings who are in high positions that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing to the sight of God our Savior. Who desires all people? Everybody say all. 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 All people. All people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is a testimony given at the proper time. For this I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am telling the truth. I am not lying. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Okay? Now, Paul's not making a theological statement here, except for Christ is... The king, he is the man. He is he's the yeah. one that he's the leader. He's the head. So that's the leadership that we're looking at. And under that authority, Paul has been appointed as a pastor. So who's the man that we're under? Christ. Jesus. That's right. Okay. So verse eight. I desire that in every place that man should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. I would like to iterate here that that is a command from Paul to the men. Before you start pointing your finger at the other verses, you better dang well be doing verse eight. I desire that in every place that men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. If you can't personify verse 8, do not tell me what to do with verse 9. Okay? Now, I think you probably know what my opinion is at this point, but I'm just telling you, if you can't be good at verse 8, don't be telling me what to do with verse 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18. Okay? Good leadership... If you are indeed a leader, will look in the mirror and change themselves before they try to dictate and lord authority over other people. But mm-hmm. I find a lot of people like to go to verse 9 immediately and say, likewise, also, that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly attire, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness with good works. Let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness i do not a woman or i do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man rather she is to remain quiet for adam was formed first then eve and adam was not deceived but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control okay so i i want to make sure you understand do you do any of y'all know how timothy died i do not uh, I don't know. He was martyred, wasn't he? Well, sure, but do you know how? Why? Well, I imagine it was for the cause of Christ. I just don't know. All well, the that yeah, logistics. martyred obviously. Yeah. But here's the logistics: there was a church of Diana in Ephesus where Timothy was appointed as a leader. Okay, and he stood up to the church of Diana. There was a problem with the church of Diana bringing in prostitution into the church and lording, or excuse me, luring uh, men away, and in the in that culture, they would walk into the churches. They would be adorned in fancy clothes or, or provocative. provocative. Thank you. That's a very good word, Dr. Mom. I'm glad you're here. because. No, um, and so uh, Timothy spoke out against that church and made a stand against that church. Okay, mm-hmm. He wasn't standing up against all women. 
He was trying to protect the church. Yeah. Okay. Paul is the reason why Timothy was was doing what he was doing. So they tied him up to a horse and they drug him through the city and he died being drugged by those people. Timothy? Timothy. Mm. Oh. Okay. So So he was drugged. He was right. drugged for sure. <laughs> for a long way. Sorry. <laughs> oh. That's pretty good. There, there was the, yeah, uh, yeah, I just <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> I've done worse, mom, so don't feel bad. All right. Like Galatians it. chapter three, verse twenty three. Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law in prison until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came. Again, you notice that Paul is saying, who's the authority? Christ, in order that we may be justified by faith. But now faith has come, we are no longer under our guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you're all, what? Sons of God, all, A-L-L, all, sons of God. Through faith, for as many of you were baptized into Christ, having put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male or female for you are all one in christ jesus and if you're christ's then you are abraham's offspring heirs according to the promise now there are tons and i mean tons of scripture that i can read i'm not going to read them all first corinthians 14 35 i'm sure every every southern baptist man in the whole entire universe will call me and tell me to read out first corinthians 14 35 of course they'll disregard 12 and 13 completely because they don't believe in the gifts of the spirit, but they'll tell me exactly what 1435 is because they don't believe in women and leadership. Mm. Then Acts chapter 18, 24 through 26, verse Peter 2, 13 uh, through uh, 3, chapter 3, verse 12. And actually what I find great about first Peter is that it tells you what good godly leadership looks like. And then it qualifies what they should be acting like. And then the women should submit to that authority, what that good authority looks like. Okay. He's not making a statement to those that don't look like good godly authority. And if you're not looking like good godly authority, then those women should not be submitted to you. Okay? Mm-hmm. I, I'm just making that clear. Romans 16, 1 through 2, Acts chapter 2, verse 17 through 18, Acts chapter 18, verse 2, Titus chapter 2, verses 3 through 5, Luke chapter 2, verses 36 through 38, and Judges chapter 4, 1 through 24. There are a lot more scriptures that we could look at, but I think the main thing that we have to consider here is the culture with this topic and today's culture in regarding this topic. So let's get into this. Dr. Carla, I'm going to ask you these questions first because, well, <laughs> ladies first. And you obviously have way more education and experience than we do. So then I'll give the other guys a, a go at an answer. But do you believe, and, and I know you think that this is a loaded question, but do you believe that there is a hierarchy in leadership when it comes to the church or the human race between male and female? I personally do not. You personally do not. No. Um, I believe that when you, when God calls a person, he doesn't necessarily discriminate what gender they are if it's a calling from God. I think that we're all created to serve, whether man or fem- male or female. Um, you I think th- leadership I, is... I think leadership is not... Leadership... I've seen wonderful women leaders. Oh yeah, that exemplify Christ in all their behaviors. Right. I've seen men exactly the same have great. I've seen the the negatives on both sides of that as well. Um, I don't believe that it should be based on your gender because I don't think God dishes out His gifts and callings according to gender. I think a lot of it is cultural. A lot of it is based in traditions of men, 
not necessarily in, I don't think that it was intended to be a bad thing, but I think, I don't think God ever intended gender to be the reason someone is called. So you don't think that gender is a qualifier? No. Hmm. I don't. Okay. You don't think it separates um, as far as the abilities go or the natural ability to lead versus not? I mean, well, I've seen, like I said, I've seen both. Right. Um, I don't. I know men can, men have, are supposedly men have strength in certain areas that may make them appear more qualified. But I also know that God doesn't depend on our strengths. He depends on his strength. Therefore, that kind of nullifies. Because, I mean, what good would it do if everybody did exactly, like, (laughs) where would God's power come in? If it was only the people that had those skills and abilities that he called, like Gideon was called, and he didn't have the skills and abilities that people thought he should have. Moses was called. He didn't have what he what he perceived as necessary. But God takes us beyond that, not because of our gender, but because we're willing to let him. Okay. That's true. Yeah, I'm, I agree. With I that. agree with I'm, that. Don't, don't disagree with that. But every one of those things, or every one of those people that you named, were male. Well, that's right, because they were Jewish, and in the Jewish culture, women had no value. So you think it's a it's a it's more of a cultural thing in the Bible than it is a a, a commandment. Well, from I mean, if we look at Old Testament, I would say that it was definitely the culture of the time. Right. New Testament, when Christ came, He revealed things to the Jewish culture. That they didn't particularly like. No, he challenged everything, and he yeah. and he did away with all that stuff of, oh, this is the way it's got to be. This this you have to follow this to the letter. He made women a part of that ministry of his ministry. Okay, now yeah. Paul's argument when we were reading Galatians is that man was created first and then Eve, right? right. And even in Timothy, he says this. Do you believe that God wanted that creation, the male, to lead the woman in that capacity? I believe that in relationship. When in a in a joined relationship, marriage, whatever, um, that yes, that was the original intent. But there were so many things in the original intent that God meant to have happen mm-hmm. that we strayed from. Okay, um, I think that yes, in in a perfect world, a man would be perfect in leading his wife. A, ma- a man would be perfect in loving his wife, and she would do the same for him. It would be. A perfect union. I just, I, I don't see a lot of those perfect unions uh, in our day and age. Yeah, in our culture, especially. Right. Yeah. What and is uh, what Josh McDowell says that um, the, there's a there's a percentage I can't remember. Even Barna talks about the percentage of the absence of fathers from homes in wow. our culture today, and it it um it astounds me that you know through the lack of leadership that the churches are still standing on this principle that you know there's a there's a there's a big absence of males in churches even. There has been for for a long, long time. Yeah. Even as a child, I remember I can name a whole bunch of women in my church when I was a kid. I can't remember very many men. You know, I remember just because at you know at First Assembly of God in Garland, and mm-hmm. I, and I don't mind saying the name. That's where the church that we we grew up at. And I remember when I started becoming a little bit more aware of the smaller choir, you know, that we had tons of ladies, like mm-hmm. tons of ladies, and we had like six or seven men True. and we had a 30 person choir 
Wow. So it was like not even that. I, I I think I think sometimes we might have had four or five guys, four maybe, mm-hmm. um, and and they were the same guys, and they were they were talented, and then it, they would, it would go rise and fall. But you know, I just and even when I became a choir director. It was everything that I could do to get commitment from men. And that usually was because they're so busy trying to provide for their families yep. that they don't have time. You know, they, they, they justify their absence of being, well, I'm so busy. I have to be at, at work late. I have to work, you know, or do other things for my, for my work that keeps me away from doing these things for the Lord. So um, that's, that's our culture. That's America. Hello. Well, <laughs> I, I eliminated most of the Baptists. I'm just joking here, tongue in cheek. But I eliminated most most of the Baptists' um, ability to to evoke First Timothy two when I said that they should lift holy hands without anger and quarreling. So we're probably okay there. <laughs> All right. So, but uh, obviously, you're saying that the hierarchy and relationship at the point of of marital relationship. You you believe personally. That the, if if a male is a good leader, that he is he is he's following God, that he's leading with that kind of authority and under submission to God, that the woman should be okay to follow. That they probably want to. Sure, if if a man is living in the way that God intended him to, right. and treating his family the way and loving and loving the way God wants him to, then I I mean I have a I'm been very blessed to have a wonderful godly man for my entire life. When I was a child, I had my dad, and he was a godly man. He still is. And I was very blessed to be raised by that, having that dynamic. Yeah. Then I met Doug, and God blessed me again by giving me a man that was very godly, that loved God. I do. I, do, I adore my husband. What can I say? I think he's bee's knees. I just love he's him. He's all bee's knees, yeah. by the way. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I think he's bees knees too. God has blessed me. Yeah. And because of that, because he serves God so completely and yeah. loves God mm-hmm. so much, it has made it easy for me to follow him, his lead. There have been times when we disagree on things and things no. that broke my heart no. that we had to go through. But because I trusted God first and I knew God, that Doug was following God, made it very easy for me to submit and do what whatever he was leading me to do. Whereas if I was unsure that he was following after God and chasing after God, it would be more difficult for me to follow because I would have doubts. I would be fearful. I would be uh, uncertain of, of things. And so I, I believe that that's true. I mean, for my life, that's been true. I'm not sure if that's true for everyone, but in my life, I do believe that if a man is following after God, it's easier for a woman to be submissive. You think that God designed it that way as the man was uh, submitting to his authority that it was going to be a no-brainer to for the for the woman to fall with him and to 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 be with him in those decisions and to I, it depends on the woman too though she has to be totally committed mm. well that's true you know yeah because y- there's women that, point. that want to they want the reins they want to run the whole show and then a man come if the the man is trying to do his job and the woman is contesting everything he does it makes his job very difficult yeah. mm-hmm. um so well you've seen that vice versa though too sure where the the man's ambitious and isn't following the sure. lord and so that can go both ways right it's got to be synergistic that's right yeah and and i think that that was the original plan but like i said i don't see our 
our society following. So what do you see the society? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're alluding to that. What do you think society's doing? I think everybody's doing their own thing. And I think it started back in the 60s, maybe even before that, uh, where I'm going to do, I, when moms wanted to be everything. I want a career. I want a family. I want to do it all and be super mom. I want, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying it really hinders being able to, to be submissive to your husband because you go to work and you're in charge and you're doing all this and you bring home the bacon and you fried up in the pan. Remember the song? Oh, yeah. I'm woman. I can do it all. And I think we got so independent uh, in ourselves as women that we forgot that there was another piece of us mm-hmm. somewhere out there. There's a there's a piece that's not I'm not complete. I keep trying to fill it up with something, but it's not working. And we we tried to place our kids in that space that spot by worshiping them, giving them, making sure they were given everything when all they really needed was a godly father. Hmm. You don't think that gender roles and things like that it culturally are, are vanishing um, with the redefinitions and things like that? Yes. Do you think that's kind of perilous and part of the problem? Yeah. Yes. I, d- I think that it's, I, I know there are, con- there are times when it's inevitable. Uh, just like in church, when you need leadership and you you want a godly man to step up, and there's no godly man to step up, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what happened in church. Hence Deborah. A lot. Hence yeah. Deborah. Right. Yeah. This is why Deborah was a judge and a prophetess because mm-hmm. she she there was no man to do the role. There was no person to. The Bible says that. So okay, um, you know, obviously, we're saying if there's a man to lead, and he's a godly man, and he's wanting to lead in that capacity then for a godly woman it it should be a no-brainer it should be something that is you know you're you're is that what you're saying or are you saying that that's not it's it's not it's not the way that it's really contingent on it's all about the submission of both people to the the, but like i said yes like i said i said if 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 the man is following the lord and the woman is following the lord then it should be a no-brainer walking the same pathway. It's just one is an authority versus another one. And even then, I don't think that authority should look the way that we're, we're, we, we we say authority is. Like, for some reason, I... I they ain't I, cracking the whip. Yeah, yeah. Because that's not love. What, 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 is, what, what does a godly authority look like? Love. S- servant of all. Yeah, mm. loving that person unconditionally. And that's the, there. Therein lies the kicker, mm-hmm. because there are times when I just want to wring somebody's neck, mm-hmm. you know. And then I realize that hey, that ain't love. <laughs> I'm not Hold doing. Why, I'm not are, doing the loving thing. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> I got you a gift card. I'm just saying. All right. So. <laughs> oh, I don't know who I'm talking about there. I'm sorry. But do you Steve? understand what I'm saying? <laughs> love covers a multitude of sin. You understand? Yes. yes. And yes. so when you are truly loving that person it'll be much easier to follow that's very true especially if love is servanthood true if if leadership is authority and and slave owning essentially you know um being a master and trying to lord your authority over people and i i'm i'm sure i can look at you guys i mean how do you respond as far as a good leader isn't going to sit there and thumb you down at every turn trying to, and, and Todd, I mean, look, well, I'm not going to ask you to get personal, but I am going to ask you to go, okay, yeah, how do you respond to somebody that is a master and trying to, you know, crack the whip on you? Oh, with, with me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
He is the Irishman, folks, yeah. for a reason. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Unfortunately, that doesn't set very well with me. <laughs> nope. I, uh, what? Some might say I have a, a problem with authority. I, I, I personally believe that. Yeah, I know. It's hard to believe. It's hard to believe this Irishman. I just, I just think that uh, you're right. If, if there's love involved, I know I look upon my relationship with my wife and there's no, yeah, I may, I may hold a card that makes the final decision, but in all honesty, we talk everything out. So when things come up or there's a problem to be solved or a question to be answered, uh, whether it's finances, whether it's life, whether it's relational, we always talk it out. It's not a fight because it doesn't need to be a fight. I think more people play the, and it goes both ways, women and men. They, they all want to be the one who controls the moment. But then, like Dr. Carla saying, there's no, there's no love there. That's just a power trip. And so I've been up against bosses who play the power trip when they should be looking at their team going, okay, how can I work on this relationship with my team instead of playing the, you're going to do it my way, bottom line. So I think in love, there are, there are moments like with all of us are parents, so we know how this goes, but mm -hmm. I think in, 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 in love, there are moments where you have to go, you're, you have to do it my way. This is what you have to do. And sometimes you don't have time to explain that. Um, I think God does that sometimes. I think he goes, all right, you, you, like <laughs> with go to a place that I'll tell you later. And then they go and set out on their journey because they trust the Lord. I think there's an inherent trust with people that you love and somebody that is operating out of love. But when somebody is just continually thumbing them, thumbing the team down or any of that kind of stuff, though we're talking about good leadership, though. And at the home, I think there's a different dynamic. Oh yeah, yeah. At, at versus you know, being out in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree with that. What do you think, Steve? I mean, obviously, I know that you are um, you are a little passive when it comes to you like peace and you like to get along. Yes. So it's not as hard or difficult for you unless you just firmly disagree. But what does it feel like, you know, to be thumbed down? I mean, with a, with a leader that is is you know being a, a butt for lack of a better term. Um, have you experienced that in your life? Yes. Yeah? Yes, I have. Care to elaborate? Uh, well, I mean, um, in, not, work, in a work situation? In a work situation, yeah. Let's not talk about that okay. one. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I had a boss in uh, Texarkana who was very, very unkind, uh, would do... Uh, when, whenever somebody treats me bad, I just call them unkind. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, it's kind of frustrating. He didn't treat me well. Even one at one point, he even sold, I, I sold furniture and he sold my couch that I had already sold. <laughs> so, so he did it out from and underneath got, you. And he got mad at me whenever I just said, I didn't say who sold it. I said one of the salesmen <laughs> sold my couch. He got mad at me. I didn't even rat him out completely, even though he was the store manager. I'm like, <laughs> I would have said something. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have, yeah. But yeah, my boss, um, that guy right there. Yeah, that guy over <laughs> there. Let the customer go, get, go him. get him. He's yeah. the one that's sick. The customer on. He's him. the one that sold your. Now, what my my question is: the majority of the people that you've had in authority over you, yeah, mm -hmm. have they been male or female? Ooh, um, actually, for me, 
in the industry that I came from uh, in assisted livings and assisted livings and, and stuff like that. It's usually female. It's usually female. Yeah. So, what about you? Isn't that interesting though? Mostly male. Mostly male. Really? All of my authority except has been for male. The one I had, except for home. Mama. Yeah, except <laughs> for Mama. Yeah. All of my authority has been. But I'll tell you, there's nothing that can strike fear in a man than Mama's. When you hear you hear down the hall and probably down the street a couple of miles, you know exactly what that means. I remember sitting in pew at church. And doing stuff that I wasn't supposed to be doing, playing, you know, playing the footballs in, in the middle of service and stuff like that. And I, she, she didn't have to do anything. I just felt a burning sensation in the top right. of my my skull, right? You know. Right. And I look up, and in, in the in the mom look, you know what I'm talking about? The mom look, yeah, was hmm. searing into my soul, and I knew exactly what that meant. It meant that if you don't knock it off, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> and and so that's it. No. Yeah, that's what that meant. Yeah. I like it when they're I mean, holding their high heel and they're dead. about to swing at you. Because <laughs> that so, meant that I was going to the bathroom in a belt. There's, <laughs> there's no god. There's no more godly leadership that that I can point to than in the home with with a with a, a godly mom. Yes, that is in authority over her kids, and it always boggles my mind. These same people that are telling me that there should not be leadership in a woman. Um. But they had no problem, hopefully, you know, submitting to their mom when they were. I, even Jesus submitted to his mama, um, and and did things and honored his mom in in that authority. And then all of a sudden, there's this magical place called "quote unquote" church, where the term leadership for a woman should not apply, and it's because of the cultural things that we hear Paul talk about in Ephesians and Galatians, and trying to protect the church from division from outside, and those same. I can say that the same situations could apply if there was a uh, a bad church or prostitution that was trying to happen within the church or divisiveness to come in from uh, during the services that were causing the services to be disrupted. I can say that culturally I would agree with people like Vadi Beecham. Um, in fact, I could play you a little excerpt uh, that he said. In fact, I think I will. I think I'm going to because, by golly, I think that this is important. I want you to take a listen to this, and then we'll kind of comment on this. This is... Um, Vadi Beecham, um, and he's talking about women's role in the church and whether or not women should be pastors. Now, I happen to agree in this capacity. I don't think that if there is a if there is a male that can take the role as a shepherd of a church, this is my opinion. This is just my opinion. I believe that men were created to be an authority figure. They have a strength. They have now. This is a, a gender role that I've been brought up with. So people are going to disagree with me and that's you're right you can disagree with me i'm totally okay but for me i firmly believe that their men have the strength the authority and possess that you know that 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 physical prowess that um commands authority um you know have you ever seen police academy mm -hmm. okay and you have that that one little black lady that uh she she's talking like she talks like can i please get your attention please yep. can i get you yep and then it's not until she starts screaming like a banshee that people listen to her and she has that physical change and then people start listening to her well, she also and, got a gun in her hand well she didn't have a gun in her hand she no yeah when she was screaming she's got a gun have, in her hand. watch number five when yep. she's at the she's at the pool and she's she's given the megaphone and she they're like make sure that you can back these people up and so she's like could you could you please can you can you please can Please, and they're all talking and laughing at her and things like that. And so she 
flings the the megaphone back into the the captain's uh, chest. She goes, "Everybody, run!" <laughs> you know, like that, and they start backing up. All of them start jumping in the pool and stuff like that. I'm just saying that. But there are there's a difference between. Um, the, the the female prowess obviously my mother could burn a hole inside of my skull when i knew i was wrong so there there's things that moms do as well but i'm saying that there was there's a fear that struck when i knew that dad was coming home and i was going to face godly that godly authority there, mm-hmm. there was something that was happening there and i think in church or churches especially when a, when a male is able to stand up and go no this is the way that it is and not only standing in line with the woman that is with him or standing in line with other other people that are with him in that capacity. I think there's obviously strength in the body when we're all together in that capacity. But I, I think that there is something to godly authority when it comes to male authority and a male shepherd. I think that if you can take that role and, and you have that calling, that you should. Um, and I think that there's nothing wrong with a woman being in leadership if there's an absence of leadership in our culture, which I think is what Dr. Carl is talking about. Mm-hmm. But what um can I just say something? Yeah, absolutely. Please come in anytime you want to. Okay. The the that's true to uh like you can say that that's generally. Yes. That, that's one of the big things in psychology. We can't you can only generalize. You you there's certain things you you can't just clump everybody into one big bat. Right. Men, some yes, men traditionally and I would say in psychology, yes, there are definite differences between men's way of thinking mm-hmm. and women's way of thinking, okay? But in the cultural change that we've experienced in our country especially, mm-hmm. or in, should I say, in, in westernized uh, civilizations, because mm-hmm. I'm sure it's it's everywhere that has similar thought processes, but... Um, Typically, men are less emotional in their decision-making is what the traditional church, that's that's part of it. So that when you're a leader and you get emotionally wrapped up in things, it makes it much dip more difficult to be rational and think about the good of everyone because you're emotional. And when you're emotional, that's why counselors are not supposed to counsel family and friends because you get emotionally involved mm-hmm. and when you're emotionally involved you can't you can't see it objectively you see it from your point and you want it to work out a certain way therefore you you can't do that very easily cuz like when my kids are involved in something i'm not thinking okay now how does this look from everybody's perspective and and i'm not getting into that other person you know, into their way of seeing my kid. That's my kid. I'm going to see my kid the way I see my kid. Mm-hmm. And when you screw around with my kid, I'm going to hurt you. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's my, that's how it works. Mom bear. Okay. There's, there's a mom I know, Dr. Mom right there. Okay. So <laughs> that being said, now the roles have switched so much where women are now having to be that aggressor. They're having to be. Because. Because. Of the shirking of the responsibility right. of the males. Men have stepped mm-hmm. back and go, well, she's the woman. I'm just going to let her do it. No, no, no. Look, I want to I say something to that. I would say the reason why the male are shirking the responsibility is because they have such a strong pull of ambition to be where they're at in their jobs or in their. And I, rem- I mean. It's not important anymore to lead the home right. as much as it is to provide for the home. And make a lot of money. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So what I'm saying is the woman that now... You disagree, Todd. Well, here's how I see life. Growing up, you know, 
you see a lot of people who come from divorced families. Sure. And usually what ends up happening is the kids go live with mom. Okay. But before that, I think looking at the way men are programmed and the way women are programmed, women are emotional. I agree. A hundred percent. Me and Kim have this conversation all the time. I'm very factual. I want the facts. You deal with emotion and we'll come together. And that's usually how it works. So generally, generally. Yeah. So I don't usually get too emotional about anything. I get more, give me the facts. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I get, know, I I get know, heated. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not saying that I won't get angry. I'm Irish. He's Irish. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a genetic thing. Right. If you look at, if you look at life in the, in the, <laughs> in the early 1900s, you had, you had families who had big families and parents stayed together and worked on the farm. Everybody worked on the farm. Everybody was together. And so you had these two roles that were role models. Good or bad, I mean, it, that's indifferent, okay? But you had somebody who was a fact finder and somebody who was emotional, okay? Nowadays, you have too many kids growing up in the world of... Information, mm-hmm. social Well, they media. get information, but they, more or less, they're growing up with one parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true, too. And they go with the mom. And so if they're going with their mom, they're getting the emotional side. And so what ends up happening to that man? This is just my personal belief. That particular person is going to grow up Knowing the emotional side of life, not the factual side of life, because that influence isn't really in his life anymore or her life. Mm. And so that person doesn't get that side of the, the story. What we're trying, that. what I think what we're trying to identify in saying those things is that there are m- multiplicitous reasons of why a male may not be in the life of their child. It could be a divorce. Could be divorce, could be job, could be death. Death, could be, could be a numerous amount of things. But, and I'm not saying, I'm not trying to, Point the finger at grind an axe. Yeah, Yeah, I know you're not. What I'm saying is that that person grows up, and so let's say the male. It's let's say it's the male, and he goes with his mom, and he goes, and they they have the term out there, and I hate to use it, but mama's boy's out there, and he's going along, and he's being emotional, and everything in life is great, but that's all he knows is the emotional side. Yeah, and so then when it comes to take charge kind of guy, that's not an emotional. That's not an emotional piece. That those two don't go together. I don't care what you say. It's a fight or flight, and usually they'll flight. So you say it's not cultural; it's upbringing. I believe yes. Yeah. I believe that a lot of it it's is upbringing. nature or nurture. That's yeah. the the question. Okay, right? so so the question is: Can it? Can a somebody be emotional? Well, and, and again, we're, we're we're talking about a home, but if we, how does it magically change? <laughs> where a godly authority can exist in the home, but godly authority can't exist at the church. Well, I think it should be able, I, I think I think women should be able to be at the church and be in an authority authority uh, figure. Okay. Well, the bottom let, line let, is they they learn just as we learn. Let's listen to this. I want to listen to this, and I want to get us a good reaction to to what Vadi Beecham here is going to say. This is a pastor, um, a very prominent pastor. I have a lot of respect for for Pastor Beecham. I, I think he's a, a great man. I think he's got a lot of biblical precepts. Just one of these, he's very legalistic in some things, and this is one of those things. Listen to this. Wife is not gonna let me like go home if I don't ask this question because yeah. she can't ask it. Um, you can answer it after this. Um, she just wanted to know why why women are not allowed to to preach in the church. Um, and if if a woman feels that she has the gift of preaching, why why isn't she allowed um, to preach? Thanks. Well, that's true. All right. This is uh, Vadi about to answer him. 
1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 12, I do not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. So, because the Bible says so. Um, and that's it. The other thing is, well, what if a person feels like they have gifts to do that? Uh, no one gets to do everything they feel like they're gifted at. No one does. Um, what if a man who has several wives feels like he's gifted to be a pastor? The Bible says he must be the husband of one wife, right? So just because you feel like you're gifted to do something, that doesn't give you the right to overthrow biblical qualifications. Um, the office of the elder. Uh, Paul says, you know, when he's talking about the elder, he must be the husband of one wife. He's talking about a man, okay? That office is exclusively for men. Um, that's the office of the pastor teacher. Um, so if the office is exclusively for men, and the Bible is very clear that women are not to teach or exercise authority over men, there's absolutely no room um, for women to be in that office or to exercise that authority in the church. Okay, and so my, so you, you guys are kind of hearing what I'm, I'm telling you. The, the, the view from his, his, his camp is that you take that verse, and there's no context to it. It's a commandment, and it's a qualification for, for men only in the role of elder, preacher, teacher, okay? Now, here, here's, here's the dilemma I've got. Um, I don't know if Vadi Beecham's kids are in public school systems, okay? I don't know if they're under any political um, leadership or authority, but I note here that in the church is the only place that he's addressing here. He's not talking about, and the only reason why is because that's what Paul is addressing in church. But it does say, I do not permit a woman to be an authority over a man. But you can accept in a, in a classroom that a woman could teach. Mm -hmm. And you can accept in political power a Nancy Pelosi, although I don't know if he does or not. Mm. Uh, our vice president is a female. Uh, our secretary of state um, for a long time had been female. Um, so I, I just, I'm going to, I'm just going to say this like this. Why is the church, the magical place where, um, everything's got to have an abs, everything's got to have a penis or it can't lead. Um, and I, I think that that totally grates against everything that the Lord was trying to accomplish with the gospel message. He was saying that the body is the body that everyone, there's no male or female, um, there's no Jew or Gentile. When it comes to the gospel and the gospel message that you are all empowered to go preach the gospel, uh, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you to do, um, and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And when did the church become a place of male only, you know, gentlemen only, ladies forbidden? When did it become a golf club? Yeah. And my, my question is, I, do you really believe that Paul's admonition in 1 Corinthians 14 and 1 Timothy 2 is a universal concept for every church to follow? Or do you, I, I honestly believe it was a culturally driven thing that he was trying to protect those churches from the, the division that was coming from outside entities, that there were literally um, separation between the men and the women, and the women would yell out in the middle of service trying to get their husband's attention to, to ask a, a certain question, disrupting the service flow. And so 1 Corinthians 14, I know, was written to say, listen, everything should be happening in decency and in order. I do not permit a woman to speak out in church. Why? Because they've been speaking out in church and disrupting the whole flow. And he's saying, listen, don't do that. 
I want you to I want you to talk to your husband and then I want you to present that. Why? Well, you guys get together on that and then present your idea. But don't sit there and disrupt the service. And that's what he's talking about in 12, 13, and 14. Mm. I don't think he's laying out a universal concept that says if you don't have a penis, you can't lead. And you obviously don't believe that either because you submit to godly authority. I guarantee you if a, if a woman police officer rolls up on you, mm-hmm. Pastor Beecham, you're probably going to respect her the same way you respect a male. You would hope. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to say that I'm going to call bull. I'm going to call bull on all this. I don't think that the church is this special place. There's nothing special about a building, and there's absolutely nothing special. <laughs> I'm just telling you from my experience, and I'm a pastor. There's nothing. I, there are godly women that roll up into the church that are anointed of God to teach great and wonderful things, and you totally cut off life supply from those members simply because you put some kind of authority in the role of a, of a, of a male position. Just because you're a male doesn't mean you have a special anointing. And I've seen some men that roll up and think they have a special anointing, think they're God's mm-hmm. gift to humankind, and they have a pride problem. Um, and I think this reeks of a pride problem. Um, I know that you're standing on principle and saying that this is all about uh, what the Bible is saying, but you don't care to teach what the whole Bible is saying. All you're doing is taking one particular thing and and labeling that as, and not even considering the context of which it was written. You you don't do that with everything else. Hey, are you lifting up holy hands and praying? And, and are you, is your wife adorning herself with jewelry at all? Um, I, I think you could take one, but you can't take the others. And I better not see, you know, your wife adorning herself in any other way other than with modesty. And that better that's subjective to what I believe is modesty, by the way, because obviously women in leadership is subjective to your opinion and what leadership is. Well, here's the thing. It's okay what I have found in my past, uh, and I've been in church for a long, long time, all my life. So... From what I see, she's either really good or really bad. By the way, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, um, it's okay for women to clean the toilets at church and sweep the floors and do all that kind of stuff. It's okay for them to teach the children. It's okay for them to teach teenagers and stuff. Even teach a regular Sunday school class. Titus um, too. Okay, so that's oh, that's all okay. That is that not leadership? And absolutely biblical leadership yeah. is that. Okay. So that's leadership. But because I w- want to teach a man something, I'm not supposed to be qualified to teach that man anything because I'm not a male. You don't have a penis. Because I'm a woman, I don't have the knowledge, the Holy Spirit. I don't have God's blessing to teach a man anything. I can only teach people that that they consider my equal. But now you can just say, I identify as a man. It's okay. You see what I'm saying? That, that there's, oh it's like you, you're there. allowed to do things. We're not going there today. It just hit a new low. It's, yeah. Yeah. Another podcast. I thought my joke was the worst, but you know. Yeah. Uh, that was okay. But that's me. what I'm saying is that it, it's okay to, to assert, but then when you, are going to put yourself on an equal level with the male. This is the dominant thing. This is where this is where um, I always, when I'm counseling men that have this mentality of I'm superior to her. When we're doing marriage counseling or whatever, and his his thing is, 
I'm supposed to tell her what she can and can't do. Oh my gosh. And what I'm 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 the man. I'm the man and I make the decisions so she has to go with what I say. My thing is always, okay, what do you do with the scripture that says that a man should not think more highly of, of himself, himself than he really is? And should mm-hmm. love and should love her as he loves himself and as Christ loves loved, the church. Loves the which church. means gave his life. Which means he gave up everything mm-hmm. yeah. for that. Now I'm I'm going I'm going to say that Old Testament and New Testament, and you're going to say it's cultural, and it was because it was Jewish culture, but it's predominantly patriarchal. It's 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 got a lot of male figure and male leadership in there, but there was there was some places where God used women in significant ways that defied cultural norms, and I, I'm going to list a couple of them. We can expound on them if you want to, but Miriam. She was a prophet, led a nation in worship. Yeah. Exodus chapter 15, okay? Deborah, there was an absence of males that were, were serving the Lord. And right after Ehud takes it to, left-handed man sticks it to the king, <laughs> and the fat goes over the, that, this is one of my favorite scriptures, by the way. Um, Deborah was chosen by God to lead as a prophet, a judge, and even led the men into battle in Judges chapter 4 through 5. Wow. She wasn't just a woman passing out advice, by the way. She was a strong Wise, this is how the Bible says it, strong, wise, and obedient follower of God, and notably, both a prophet and a judge. You know who else has that characteristic in the Bible? There's only one other person who has prophet and judge in the Bible. You know who it was? Samuel. Mm. Really? Yep. Samuel. I did not know that. Both a prophet and a judge. That's and he, awesome. He was, so Deborah was on the, on the level of Samuel. Wow. Okay. Esther. Oh, mm-hmm. my, my yes. favorite. She's my favorite. Esther. But she obviously was underneath the king's authority. He was not a godly king, by the way, I would like to say. That's yeah. true. But she did lead a nation out of tyranny. She saved her nation mm-hmm. from extinction. Now, there's a lot of people that think that Esther is apocalyptic literature, that she may not have actually existed, but it was apocalyptic. I don't believe that. I believe that she did. There, there was... Mm-hmm. You know, I love that that book. But she was absolutely a leader mm-hmm. that that went out on a limb and led her nation out of slavery, and worked in conjunction with everybody else that was along the same line. Her, yeah. Anyway, so uh, Holda was a prophet in the time of King Josiah in Second Chronicles chapter thirty four. Uh, women didn't need a man to have a relationship with God or hear from him. I, I, I want you to note that, and and even in the Old Testament, that they were fully connected to God without a male present. Okay. Um, God spoke directly to them because he saw their value and their worth. So it was often their willingness that, that touched his heart. It was often their, their desire to follow him. And is God male enough? Is God authority enough? Is Holy Spirit authority enough to be able to lead a woman without you in their life? Uh, I, and I'm talking to the men. It can They hear from Holy Spirit without you. And I think that's the question that bothers you now, isn't it? You guys have spent a lot of time eliminating yourselves from their lives, and they've started to see God because there's not a godly authority in their lives, and now they're starting to hear from Holy Spirit, and that bothers you. Get off your high horse, dude. Mm. Just saying. Jump into the ministry of Jesus. Let's talk about him for a second. Jesus looked at women and saw significant value in them, always. Mm -hmm. He proclaimed Martha. He he told her specifically, (laughs) I am the resurrection and the life, when she was talking to him about Lazarus. And gave her, gave he that's what, he was, he was allowing her to question him, and she was a worker. 
She served all around. In fact, anyways, we talk about that anyways. In John 4, she, he, he even spoke with a Samaritan woman, which is a big no-no, big no-no, mm-hmm. because Samaritans and Israelites were fighting against each other about whether or not to worship. Yeah. yeah. What else do Christians fight about? Uh, and Isn't that what we're doing now about ministry, whether it's male or female? Well, I, <laughs> splitting airs, but I, I... Fighting about that. I think there's a health in the conflict. I really do. And I think you can't help... Uh, and that was in our church conversation, that if you're part of a body, there's going to be correction within the body. And that conflict does that. And I think that's part of that. It's not that I disrespect mm-hmm. those individuals. I think they're wrong. Mm-hmm. But again, Jesus speaking to the Samaritan woman and exactly that woman who he chose to to trust with the gospel, that he was the son of God, that he was the living water. And she went out and told everybody, and that was great. Female evangelist, <laughs> essentially. Okay. There's also, who, who bore him? Mary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mary. I, you know, I know that this rubs them wrong, but she was the first one to carry the gospel in more ways than one (laughs) now i know you were we mean you were talking about it before the the podcast talked about phoebe Mm -hmm. mentioned in first corinthians or excuse me in romans chapter 16 to be a servant or deaconess now the greek word that they use for deaconess in the rsv by the way it's not deaconess in literal translations in literal translations the deacon because it is a masculine term diakonos she taught in the Centrea church. First Timothy three re- refers to that position in this verse that only men seem to hold the deacon. Okay. But there's a role that of an elder and a deacon, and that's a position that served. It's not an office that's determined by gifts. However, some believe that Phoebe was a deaconess and indeed some translations use it as deacon. And Phoebe was a diaconos of the church of Centrea. And Paul regularly used this term for a minister and a leader of a congregation and applied it specifically to Jesus Christ. Tychicus, Epaphras, Timothy, and his own ministry. So depending on the context, diaconos is usually translated deacon or minister, though some translators have chosen the word, like I said, in the RSV because Phoebe was female. But the Greek word diaconos is a masculine noun. Therefore, I'm going to say it seems logical to assume that diaconos was the designation for an official leadership position in the early church. And the proper translation for Phoebe's role is deacon and in the new the new new international version, the New Living Translation, even the NRSV calls it a minister; doesn't call it a deaconess. And all this to say, the verse can be left to interpretation. Really, it's subjective to who's reading it. And obviously, anybody you know, Vadi is going to read this. Uh, Vadi Beecham is going to read it in a different way. But she was a deacon, a role that was usually reserved for males. Okay, that's pretty interesting to me. Mm-hmm. So, if you're looking for a biblical example of a woman in authority. But then why would, like Paul, Paul did a lot of, I mean, there's men, there's several women that Paul mentions when he's praising ministers of the churches that he's left behind because Paul might have been the pastor, but he was always gone. He was a missionary. You know, he was always gone or in jail. And so he had women that were in charge, basically, that he wrote his letters to. Priscilla. And, and said, and hey, thank you for all your hard work. Quill and man. they were oh, carrying right. on his ministry. Okay. So uh, how, why would he bother do writing that in his his words and in his transcripts if women were not 
valuable to him well, in the as de- leaders. In defense, again, I think what they're talking about is in the authority position of a pastor or a, a person that is in the authority of the church business that they're they're laying down this this expectation that the male should fill that role. And and I if a male can fill that role in the terms of what what Todd was talking about, the the rational thinking and what you were saying, uh, Dr. Mosh. Yeah, mm-hmm. that you can you can see things a little bit more clearly if you're able to distance yourself from those things. I think men have a, a natural ability to be dumb and <laughs> Yeah, but let's face we don't have the we don't have children. We don't have empathy. The, well, yeah. I mean, if you gave birth to a child, then if, if man did that, I think that we would have a, a, more of an emotional side. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I don't really want to find out. I mean, I don't fathers find are out very. I, I know there are fathers that are very emotional and very attached to their children that way. I don't think that that's. I don't think that that's the criterion that needs to be dealt with i think mm-hmm. but what i think is happening is like you were saying it's when just I'm, part of the puzzle though. yeah when mom when mom has to become father and mother it puts a strain on her abilities to be what she was created to be which is the mom the caregiver nurturing. The, the nurturing and she has to become both the rational person and the emotional do, person do you think and, do you think just interrupting you on that do you think that in today's culture that there could be a role reversal that they were brought up in a specific way that was not conducive to bringing out the nurture or the, and that they're more of a coach. They're more of a, well, what, what I've experienced in counseling people is that lots of, and lots of people don't have any experience of parenting at all Mm. because mom can't Mm. be mom because she's out working. Mm. And there, a lot of people are having to just get information from whoever's available and Internet. whatever. Everybody's available. Getting and on so, the inter- interwebs. Yeah. So, I mean, they it, they still. I mean, mom, <laughs> mom, mom probably still loves those kids and want, but she's absent, just like dad's absent. So they're just getting their information from wherever, and what. Do you think that 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 is a very bad thing? But do you think that's part of the? <laughs> do you think that it's possible and or even probable that somebody could be brought up in in one of those ways? Sure, you know whatever extreme we're talking about, mm-hmm. but could be brought up in that way, and they personify the leadership characteristics that you know what a traditional male figure would have personified in that upbringing, and so they they come up, and you've got some. I know that there are some really powerful female figures that are extraordinarily authoritative and i've known some men that are just wimps pansies <laughs> yeah 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 i uh, i i mean again how much is a genetic thing how much is n- nurturing how much is learned i mean doug was just telling me last night when i was reading over like i told you i read a lot of stuff uh, and do a lot of research and stuff before I talk about a topic. And he was like, you know, 20 years ago, you didn't have that view about things. You were you were much more legalistic about things. Uh-huh. But the beauty of getting older is you, st- you get all that time to learn more stuff and see more perspectives and gain more insight, and God works on you. And 
that's the whole point. I'm going to bring out a, a viewpoint that probably isn't popular now. You know, in cancel culture, people are not allowed to learn. They they pull up a, tw- a, a tweet from, you know, 10 years ago, and they point at it and say, this is why you should be canceled, because that was your view back then. And I'm really glad. And I'm sure I've got stuff out there that I'm not proud of, although I go through my memories quite frequently and reheat stuff, because I, I share that same sentiment. But... Um, you know, that's something that I think is important that not just because they said it before doesn't mean they hold the same views now. True. And that is, that everybody is, gets the right to change their mind Yeah, and learn. Even politicians. Yes. Even them. Even the ones that we'd like to say, well, you said this back then. This is, this is who you are today. Sorry, man. That doesn't necessarily mean that. And, and I think we need to kind of bestow the same grace that we're wanting to bestow on others. But that's, that's just a, a side note. I want to, I want to label these things out some more. Junia. Um, Chloe, First uh, Corinthians one eleven, Nymphia, Colossians chapter four verse fifteen, Aphia, Philemon, one two, led house churches. By the way, uh, she was one of the people that that Paul talked about in Philemon. Paul stated in sixteen there were four women who worked very hard, and that phrase was often used by Paul to refer to ministry work. Priscilla was a church planner. Sixteen five, her and, her and Aquila. Um, I think it's also interesting that she instructed Apollos in in teaching like they got onto him about getting a little too zealous about stuff. And they're like, well, let me teach you a better way how to do this. And she was instructing Apollos. She was in authority over a man. man. Oh, <gasps> how is this? Okay. Ooh. Tabitha led a benevolence ministry. Um, Philip's four daughters were all identified as prophets in Acts chapter 21. Okay. Wow. Uh, and then these incredible women served as ministry leaders in the early church. The, I, I think it should be normalized, not not the exceptions to the rules. I think that, especially in today's culture where there's an absence of godly leadership with males, that we should be looking not at the body parts, but we should be looking at something else that God's probably looking at more. Mm-hmm. Uh, further, new excuse me, uh, exploring further New Testament texts, there are other cases made for women in ministry leadership position. In Acts chapter 2, the giftings of the Spirit are poured out on both men and women. And I'm a big I say this all the time. You know I do. God never does things arbitrarily. Never does things just to beat his chest. And if he's pouring out gifts on men and women, women? then then there's a reason why he came on in power on those individuals. Um, And the same is reflected in Ephesians 4. Which illustrates the same one of the same books that talk about women in authority is one of the same books that illustrates the gifts of the Christ being poured out on all individuals mm-hmm. in the church, and and I think also First Corinthians twelve, the the precursor to fourteen, describes the gifts of the Spirit as being given to individuals regardless of gender, age, any of that stuff. So, I I, I honestly don't believe that we can stand on on a leg and say that God doesn't use women in leadership all over the world. Um, and especially in the church. Um, and, and so um, the, the, the last question is easy. Do you believe that God prefers godly men in authority? And I used 1 Peter 2 and 3. Um, 1 Peter talks about the role of, of, of godly leadership. And if they are godly leaders and they are following the Lord, then yes, it would be okay to say that that person should be in leadership if they're godly. But a lot of the men that we see today, and I'm, I'm going to say this, um, the people that we say are leaders look an awful lot like Saul. And they are not godly. And they don't act godly. And mm-hmm. they, they, are, they are going the way of the dodo. And you, know, you, get, 
you get some men of God that they, they say they're men of God and then they make these huge mistakes and they lead tons of people astray. And mm-hmm. I don't, I, I think everybody is subject to those things. Even if, if we set it up as men are the only people that are in authority, then you have to ask yourselves, is it smart and wise to put God in a box in that capacity? And I don't think so. And I don't think God's in that box. I think we're just so legalistic and so old wineskin that we can't see past the end of our nose in this stuff. Um, but that's just my opinion. Um, that's why it's called the PT podcast because I'm <laughs> I'm just giving my opinions on this thing. And mm-hmm. I have I have three other people here though that I think are essentially saying the same thing. I haven't heard much from you, Steve. I've just been taking it in. Well, I know your mom is a godly, godly woman. She yes. loves the Lord, yes, and she does. I, I know that she is a, a, a great authority. Mm-hmm. What do you think she'd say to this? I, can't, I know you can't talk for her, but what do you think she'd say to this? What does your gut say? Oh, I think she'd be all for this. You know, she's very involved in the church. Um, you know, we're all well, the way we believe we work together. We complement each other. The men and the women work together to to do the God's God's work. Yeah, it's complementary. Everybody works together to it's the achieve. Body. Yeah. yeah, we're the body, and um, there are some things that men can do better. There's some things that women can do much better in the body. Yeah. One without the other is probably not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's why God said, um, you need a woman. Yes. yes. Genesis two eighteen. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't say it was all good until she came, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, he did say it was good when he created man. I know. I know. But he, he did, did say you need a helper. It's not good that you're alone. Yeah, it's not good yeah. that you're alone. Yeah. 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 And then mom made a good point when she said, Why did God take it out of his his body and create Eve. Why didn't he yeah. just make it from scratch? So they can be a part. To, they're part. They're of part of one another. Yeah. That's right. mm-hmm. It's That's the right. synergy of that relationship. Man needed needed somebody like him that was a part of him. Yeah. That way he could because he could care about that because it was a part of him. Let me ask you this question just before we go to the the musical segue. Um, do you that being a part of one another? And I had a, had a great question on this. Do you believe that? And that synergy of relationship in, in, in working together and things like that. Do you think that there's a genuine absence in the body of Christ because of this debate? Or do you think, what do you think the main heart, what, what do you think the main qualification for the heart of a leader should be? I believe that if you're going to lead people, you have to be willing to be, you have to love them. So you're saying love as Christ, yeah, love and love mm-hmm. is it. I mean, because and there's no room for ego in love because mm-hmm. sometimes we want what we want, and love doesn't allow that to be your driving motivation. Um, mm, you have to true. be willing to step back and say, "I love that person enough to do what's right for them, regardless of what conflict that may cause." And second of all, it's not important. I'm not as important as that other person that's what jesus did yeah he laid himself down for that other person which is us mm-hmm. so i believe leadership in a nutshell is love yeah un- un- unconditional godly love yes we're gonna we're gonna take a, a a little little break here with uh one of my favorite tunes ever and and i might get in trouble because um, i don't have permission to use this song but it says exactly what we're talking about today if god can use anything anyone he can use you, Jew, Gentile, male or female, 
no matter what your past is, he can, and and he does use anything. If I'm living proof that God uses donkeys, so if he can use anything, he can reach his kid. He'll he'll, he'll use anything he can to reach his kids. So this one's by the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. Um, it's off of their favorite song of all album back in 1996, but it's still one of my favorite songs. It's called "Use Me." In fact, I think Fred Hammond helped write this uh, song. It's a great, great song. Listen up.
That's the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir back in 1996 from their favorite song of all album. Great, great song. Great, great mm-hmm. album. Um, I'm going to read something to you. First uh, Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all that I have away and deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. And kind does not envy or boast is not arrogant or rude it does not insist on its own way it is not irritable or resentful does not rejoice at wrongdoing but rejoices with the truth love bears all things believes all things hopes all things endures all things love never ends as for prophecies they'll pass away tongues they'll cease as for knowledge it'll pass away for we know in part we prophesy in part but when the perfect comes the partial will pass away when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. When I, I even reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, and I shall know fully, even as, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. And if leadership has any other qualification other than love, then I don't think it bounds on this pretext. And I also think that there's a level of meekness even in Paul's canter here where he's talking about, I know in part, I see in part, I'm not perfect when it comes to my viewpoints, but I know that I know the person that is and I'm going to abide in his love. I don't think that it's about the gender or outward appearance. I think it's about the heart. And we keep coming back to this when you look at cussing. I don't think it's about the word. I think it's about the heart. When we talk about the church and you going someplace to where you think you quote unquote fit, I think you got to judge your heart in the matters of those things. I think the more that we get into this stuff and the topics that we're getting into here in the future, you're going to have to understand something that if your heart's wrong in the matter, probably the things that you're doing, even if they look religious, are probably bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Agreed. So I, I think God can and will use anyone, anything. Yes. He chooses. Regardless of what man expects of their place or value in positions in churches or otherwise. So that's just my my Jerry Springer final thought. Okay. Uh, let me say again. <laughs> let me say again how thankful we are for the opportunity to be able to enter into your lives by way of this podcast. So thank you so much for listening in. Maybe this is your first podcast you're listening to. And I just want to tell you, thank you for your time. Uh, I know this is a longer podcast, but sometimes we're talking about issues that need the time. And take the time. I don't care if you've listened to this in segments. Um, it's mm-hmm. good that you do. Because we're, we're going to be getting into subject matter that is relevant and real. And I think it's going to be good for you to hear it. Um, obviously, you may not agree with us, and that's okay. Any responses that you give to us is going to help us to get better at what we're doing. And we'd love to hear from you. And we want to thank Crossroads Community Church uh, of Lindale, Texas, for sponsoring this podcast and allowing us the opportunity to broadcast to you from their podcast studio in Lindale, Texas. I want you to go out and check out that Facebook page at, that's the ampersand, the at sign, C3 Lindale. Um, And next week, uh, we're going to be welcoming back author Joanna Voiles, and uh, we'll be addressing the generational gap question, dealing with ageism in our culture. So next week, um, you okay, man? I'm sorry. It's okay. It's all right. Scared me. Do you have the vid? 
I don't think so. I think it's, it's just it's, allergies. It's obviously affected his memory. He can't remember gift cards. So uh, anyway, so <laughs> next week we'll be dealing with Gen X, Millennials, Boomers, fine. Gen Y, Gen Z, and the future of Gen Alpha. It's going to be a really enlightening podcast next week. Um, and uh, Joanna is our youth pastor here at Crossroads Lindale. And so she's got a really particular um, viewpoint on this. And I'm looking forward to hearing that. I've also been threatening to bring in a younger individual to have a conversation with them. Uh, so you may hear from one of my boys next week. Um, I know that's dangerous. You don't realize how dangerous that is, but uh, it's going to be fun. And, and I, I hope you guys listen in. Uh, if you have an idea for a podcast you'd like to hear, please email me at tim at timletch.com. Once again, that's Tim, T-I-M, ampersand, Tim Letch, T-I-M-L-E-T-S-C-H.com. Let me know what you would like to hear us talk about um and uh hopefully we can we can get a good idea there and we'll we'll put one of your ideas um on the next season's podcast we're already developing next year's podcast season so please uh uh take a take a moment to to let us know what you'd like to hear it's been a great conversation mom dr mom thank you so much yes thank, thank you. you thank, thank you, you so much for coming and i enjoyed can't, it uh, and yes. you'll be joining us again in December, uh, because we're going to be talking about Mobile Santa, and yeah. and I don't know if you know this, but Doctor Mom is leadership at Crossroads, and she is um, Mrs. Claus mm. on Mobile Santa. So that's I, I, awesome. I would just like to say for the record, I love my mama very much. <laughs> now you know that. Okay, so uh, anyways, it's been a great conversation <laughs> about leadership in church, and hopefully you guys got some food to think about. Uh, I hope you join us next week. But until you see us. Uh, this is Todd Bergen. This is Steve Howard. And this is Dr. Mom. Dr. Mom. Dr. Mom, <laughs> yeah. And this, I like it. We <laughs> got to get her a t-shirt now. <laughs> right? And this is PT signing off. If no one has told you, I hope you know this from the bottom of your heart. God loves you so stinking much, and so do I. I hope you have a great week, and look forward to hearing from you guys. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Bye.